The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where from Mickey Mouse rings to Six Flags Space Jam premieres, you don't need us to tell you that even after being ousted from this year's asterisk playoffs, LeBron James stays winning. And we're hoping that that winning mentality continues with Rob Palenka when the Lakers enter draft night and free agency in just about a month. Time to mid-level up. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. At the time of this recording, Damian Lillard trade rumors abound and are flying all around. And you've likely been looking up all the data you can find on new assistant coach David Fisdale. But we'll save our talks on all those subjects for another time because tonight we're taking an early look at free agency and what the Lakers can do with their only real weapon this summer, which will likely be the mini mid-level of about five million dollars they may also have the full mid-level of about nine to ten million dollars if they can somehow free up enough space under the hard apron to have that amount to use again thereby hard capping themselves for a second straight year but we'll see what happens tommy how you doing this summer it's almost fourth of july or actually by the time people listen to this it's probably already fourth of july but how are you doing this summer doing well dude it's uh you know the NBA season has been so, I mean, it's obviously, obviously stretching out like a lot longer than it typically does. So that's, you know, as a basketball fan, that's fun. Um, but it also kind of sucks because every star is like injured. Um, so it, it's been, uh, it's been weird watching these games. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it's nice. Things are reopening. People are kind of getting back into living life again. And so, uh, feeling pretty positive. Yeah, and there's Space Jam. Don't forget about that. Um, all right, let's <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, so the way I thought we'd structure this episode is let's just talk about our top three mini MLE options. Again, the mini MLE this year for the Lakers will be around $5 million. I don't want to get into too many of the caveats. I do believe the Lakers can open up that full mid-level again. Correct me if I'm wrong. It would just take, you know, 
Trez maybe taking his player option and going elsewhere, uh, the Lakers not giving Markeith Morris his raise, um, them not re-signing Schroeder, et cetera, et cetera, right? Or, and or, they may get off of some salary like Kyle Kuzma or KCP and take back lesser salary. And then at that point, maybe they have enough below that like 140 hard apron and below the tax line to still use the full MLE of $10 million, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll mention both, but let's start with our top three mini MLE options. We'll go from number three all the way to our number one option. I'll start with you, Tommy, and let's see if any of ours sync up. So There's so for, many possibilities. <laughs> I know. Okay. Uh, who is your number three option for the mini MLE of $5 million? Oh, also, okay, I do have one caveat. Let's take Andre Drummond out of here just because, you know, I mean, it's very likely that the Lakers have reserved the $5 million for him. Um, but I don't want to get into the, the specifics and or the politics of like what retaining Andre Drummond means or whatever. So let's take him out of here. And also, I don't know if this kind of shakes your list up a bit, but maybe let's take Campaign and Reggie Jackson out of here as well. No, that's fair. Yeah. Because I think if they were in this, if they were possibilities, they'd shoot up to number one, right, for $5 million. But with those caveats out of the way, who is number three on your big board of top three mini MLE options for the Lakers this summer? Okay, can I can I cheat already the rules and do a tie for third? Because I'm not, and the caveat is here, I'm not sure how, <laughs> how good one of these guys is defensively, and the other guy, I know how good he is defensively, but... I okay. Okay. That's awful. fair. So give me, give me your 50, 50, number three. Option. My 50, 50, number three. Okay. I think my actual number three subject to, I know nothing about how this dude plays defense would probably be Bryn Forbes. Um, he wow. solves, yeah, yeah, yeah. He solves, a sh- he fills a shooting void for us, which I mean, like he does. he's a small two guard. He, I, he can handle the ball a little bit. He's not a playmaker. So I acknowledge he doesn't fill that void. Right. But this dude is like a career volume three-point shooter. Uh, he's played in pop systems before. He's played, obviously, this year he's doing, you know, having a pretty decent season for the Bucks. Um, again, big caveat is I have no idea what this dude does defensively. I'm assuming he's adequate if I'm going to put him here as number three. If he's like a Quinn Cook, like going to be a Quinn Cook clone, I mean, he, I think he's better than Quinn Cook, but if, if he's going to Okay, that's be like, exactly the comp I was going to give, actually. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like... <laughs> If he's going to be like that, then no. But I also, like, look, he's hitting, he's hit over two threes a game three years in a row on a high percentage. And we haven't had anyone who does that. He gives a different dynamic than what our other guards give. Again, he has some flaws. One of the reasons I'm not super put off by his size is because, you know, theoretically we're going to re-sign Caruso and I think we're going to, um, he's like a bigger guard in the backcourt off the bench. So you can kind of play them together. I, I okay, but again, the reason I heavily caveat and and I tie him with uh, Mo Harkless, who I think mm. you know gives us some wing depth. I think we're seeing this postseason, especially shooting is important. It's a need for us, and Mo Harkless doesn't fill that void. But having big wings who could defend is so important. I mean, it's like watching Paul George yeah. and, you know, Kawhi when he was playing. And and frankly, you know, I raised these two guys because I think next season it's going to be the Clippers again, right? And, and it's going to be Clippers and hopefully us. And even if, you know, it's not the Clippers. I mean, some of the other top teams in the West, like Devin Booker has pretty good size for a two guard. Like you just want guys. We need more like size, right? And Mo Harkless 
solves uh, fills a void of a defensive wing for us. Um, and Kuzma, you know, kind of filled that fairly adequately this year. But I kind of like the athleticism, speed, um, all that stuff that Harkless could potentially bring. Um, and so I maybe I I would go one of those two at, at uh, okay as my third. So my comments on your picks are. Bryn Forbes, okay, so I think we're both in agreement. We hope that he's not Quinn Cook. I think what we hope he could be is like more of a Seth Curry, right? He shot 45% from three this year, which is ridiculous. Like on on making 2.2. Playing only only 20 minutes minutes. again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's hard to find those guys. I acknowledge again, (laughs) big caveat. I have no idea. If this dude is a complete sieve defensively and like we can't play him in the playoffs, then probably I would move away from that pick. But that's what kind of drew me in. But I mean, he played 70 games for what is it, a Eastern Conference finals contender. Say what you will about asterisk this year and whatnot. That's pretty good right um so yeah i totally be down for this version of Bryn forbes hitting 2.23s a game 47 percent from the field in fact uh, as well um mo harkless so i feel like you can get him for the minimum dude uh this guy's only made 3.6 million this year and literally didn't do much i think with the heat so you might be able to get him for vet min vet min so i'll say let's just say Bryn forbes is your number three which i think you said was your solid number three. Okay, for me, my number three is, and you tell me if this guy's further up your list or whatnot, my number three option for the mini MLE, if it's possible, there's a possibility that he may go for the full MLE of like nine to $10 million. But if it's possible, my number three would be TJ McConnell. 29 29 years old. He's not a shooter, that is for sure. Uh, He only attempted... In fact, 0.73 is this year hitting 0.2. But he is a sniper, and he does organize an offense very well. Uh, this year, he averaged 8.6 points, 6.6 assists in 26 minutes, shooting 55% from the field. And here's the kicker. He averaged two steals a game. I kind of liken him to a white Rondo, <laughs> like <laughs> kind of what Rondo was for us in his last season, right? Um, a younger version, not as like dynamic and obviously doesn't have that that all-star pedigree um, and probably isn't even as quick as Rondo is when he turns playoff Rondo on. But in terms of organizing an offense, just being a steady playmaker, that's TJ McConnell and he's scrappy as hell on defense. And just the fact that he gets two steals a game, I think he had a game where he had a triple-double with 10 steals. Yeah, that's the type of guy that I'd want, especially if the Lakers find Caruso's price to be a little bit too much. So that would be my number three. Is he on your list at all? He is on my other list of guys that I would want, but I don't think we can get for the five. The, okay, the mini so, you th- yeah. so you think he'd be more full MLE, like not I, nine I, million? I think after this, I know he was, in hindsight, probably severely underpaid last season, but I think he yeah. will get that. He will get a contract this summer. There's there's a lot of point guards on the market, but he is a very solid one. And he's like an you know if you're not willing to spend twenty million plus on a guy like Dennis Schroeder, I mean, I, I mean arguably he's better. I like for a lot of teams right who don't need a scorer, like he might be better. So I, and certainly for our team, I think he would be a phenomenal fit in all respects. And mm-hmm. I would definitely be all about him. But I just think that some team is going to pay him a little bit more. That's fair. All right, so let's move on to your number two pick for the mini MLE. Number two. All right, this one is going to... This one's a little interesting. I don't know if it's (laughs) interesting. Okay. Uh, Number two pick, and hear me out. I think (laughs) I would go with... uh, I would take a look at Bobby Portis. 
Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have him somewhere in the vicinity of just talking about free agents, but yeah, he's on yeah, no yeah. list of mine. But yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I, I like Bobby Portis. I think, again, $5 million is a slight raise over what he made this year. Uh, and again, I with this with this initial list, I tried to be really... Like, I'm not even sure we can get Reggie Bullock or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure, like, what you can get for $5 million. So I tried to be, like, slightly, slight raises over what people got, right? Um, so I think, uh, you know, Bobby Portis, I think is, like, an underrated defender. He is not a high-volume three-point shooter, but he's a floor stretcher. Uh, he played a good amount of center this year. I think he can play some, like, small ball stretch five. I mean, he's listed at 6'10". I don't know if he is a full 6'10". I'm not sure what his length is. Um, but, I, you know, watching him a little bit, and, he, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what Bud does, really, in, in Milwaukee. I haven't. <laughs> I, people question him a little bit. I, I feel like Portis is not playing as much as he should, and maybe Brooke Lopez plays a little bit too much, frankly, for playoff basketball. But when, Bo- when Portis comes in... I really like what he brings. He like he hit forty seven percent from three again. Not a high percentage. I mean, he but still hit one a game. Though. He That's still hit. He crazy. still hit one a game. So he's you know he's had several years in a row now. I, you know you look back so a couple thirty eight percent career three point shooter. That's kind of wild. Thirty eight percent career. He's usually hovering in the high thirties. Uh, he's had several seasons where you know he was in three to four attempts per game. Um, so he can really shoot it. I think he has some defensive upside. Like, you know, he can move his feet. He's tough. He's for a 25 year old, uh, you know, he actually brings like a good amount of toughness for a relatively young player. Like, I I think he's seen a lot of stuff. He's been on a lot of teams in his short career. He's, you know, obviously had some controversial moments in his past on, (laughs) on certain teams. And I just like, I kind of, and maybe it's a moot point, right? Because I think this is sort of what I'm expecting out of Portis is sort of what we were expecting Markeith Morris could potentially exactly. do for us. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this is that this type of impact is what I was, was missing this year and what I was hoping Markeith yeah. Morris would bring. So that's kind of why I was looking at him. Yeah, that makes sense. But if, I mean, Markeith Morris returns to form to 40% three-point shooting Markeith Morris of bubble playoffs, then, of course, you take Markeith. But if, yeah. in, in that sense... Portis is a younger, sort of slightly more upside replacement for Markeith. He brings uh, some speed. He brings some quickness on the perimeter. Um, And yeah, so he's kind of one-dimensional as an offensive player a little bit. But, you know, he he does what I was hoping Markeith would do this year. And Markeith is only getting older. I'm not saying... I think Markeith is going to have a better season next year. But, you know, putting all that stuff aside, that's why I was looking at him. Cool. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. Uh, For me... My number two goes to a guy that you and I have talked about, and we feel like the Lakers should have signed like three different summers. Um, and I'm talking about Nerlens Noel. This guy is still only 27 years old. This guy is repped by Clutch. How he has not been a Laker yet is beyond me. Um, this year with the Knicks, he averaged 5.6 rebounds on 61% from the field. But here's the kicker. His defensive stats in only 24 minutes a game, 2.2 blocks, 1.1 steals. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, not to mention, again, he's only 27 years old. He has the athleticism. He has the length, the lankiness. I swear to God, if we can get Nerlens Noel for this mini MLE and we choose to go with Drummond instead, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but this seems like the year that we should – consummate that that pairing especially because what Nerlens only made five million last year right so he should be able we should be able to get him for the mini mle 
Um, and especially because Anthony Davis likes to play with, I mean, he's not like a big, beefy, bruising center, but he can do the dirty work of getting those, you know, playing backline defense and helping out Anthony Davis on the board, et cetera, et cetera. And also just guarding the perimeter because he has more lateral quickness than probably any of the other bigs that are options and definitely more than Andre Drummond. I think while he's more slight in frame than Dwight Howard, he gives you better perimeter defense, I have to think, especially when guarding the pick and roll and whatnot. Um, so yeah, New Orleans and Wild, for me, would almost be like the amped up version of Dwight that we had in our championship season. So yeah, that's my number two. Any thoughts on New Orleans? Yeah, so I, I mean, we could just transition that into my number one because I, I had a hit oh, as okay. my number one. Um, I pretty much agree with everything you said, obviously. I mean, I think New Orleans is, he's not, I, there are a lot of people out there who are like, this team has, you know, such great needs. Like, I don't know that I want to spend $5 million on a guy who, you know, is might be nullified by Anthony Davis in the in the playoffs. And I don't know that New Orleans is necessarily that guy. He's super athletic. Our team needs, like, an infusion of athleticism. Yeah. He fits, he almost feels like both the JaVale and Dwight roles in one player. Yeah, yeah, that's You know true. what I mean? It's like he's athletic in the dunker spot. Like, you could run him off the pick and roll as a starter with LeBron. Uh, and hopefully, you know, a, a, actually one interesting thing about him is, did he not... Um, uh, was did he play with Schroeder in Oklahoma City? He did, right? I, I feel like I recall he them. Might have. They I feel have like overlap, I, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I recall them having some decent chemistry on the pick and roll. Uh, it gives Schroeder. Schroeder did not look as good as a playmaker as I thought he would for us this year. But I will say, because AD missed half the games, and frankly, in the half of the games he played, he wasn't totally right the entire time. Um, Shooter never played. I mean, he played with Marcus All, who's not a role player, right? And if he's a role, pick and roll player, to the extent he's going to roll, he's not catching lobs. Uh, Shooter didn't have that kind of outlet to develop chemistry with on the pick and roll. And the pick and roll is like, I mean, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are two top five players in the NBA when healthy. And it, look how long it took them last year to kind of get their pick and roll chemistry, right? Like, that's just like a thing that, in my opinion, takes a long time to develop. Um, so I, you know, I think Noel opens that aspect up for us on offense. I think he is playable in the playoffs, you know, to the extent like, you know, JaVale and Dwight were playable for us. You're not going to play him starter minutes in the playoffs, and that's fine. But he can hold his own. He can move his feet on the perimeter. He can guard in space. That stuff that, like, you know, we can't necessarily get out of a Marcus All or some of the slower centers out there. Uh, frankly, even like a Montrez. And then, of course, like, unlike Montrez... Noel is like a legitimate uh, rim rim protector. He can get up there. He's got great length. He has great athleticism and, and good leaping ability. Effort. Yeah, and like you said, between him and Drummond, it's really should be a no brainer. Um, Noel is clutch. He's got I mean, clutch in in terms of he's rep by clutch. Um, yeah, <laughs> he is. Uh, you know, got the Kentucky connection with AD. Um, he is still pretty young, actually. I mean, he's had such an interesting career, right, with all his injuries. But he's he's relatively young. If he is a starting center of, like, a legitimate Western contending team, he's he could be due for, like, another payday, right? Or one, one decently big payday before his career kind of is up. So I think a lot of things make sense about getting him. Um, and again, you know, just watching Phoenix this year... 
and kind of how their athleticism at times overwhelmed us. Sure, we were injured. Um, it, it would be really nice to get a little bit of an infusion of athleticism next to an aging LeBron uh, and AD who we know is not going to play five during the season. And, and Noel, I think, is a good compliment there. Yeah, and honestly, and this is not a slight uh, on Trez, but if we had just given Noel the $9 million last year, I wouldn't have complained. Um, and his production even this year at $5 million would have, I think, justified even getting the full MLE. Um, but with that said, getting him for the mini MLE would be great. So that was your number one, right? Yeah. All right, here's my number one, although it can be argued that, you know, I wouldn't have any gripes about also putting Nerlens Noel at number one. So this one's a little bit left field. Uh, I will admit, too, that it there's a little bit of mental stretching that you have to do here. Um, but I think this guy could be the perfect reclamation project. And I will say, given the contracts that he's received in the past, this guy may be more of a full MLE guy, but I'll just put him here anyways. Um, and I guess it isn't so realistic now that I'm thinking about it, saying that he could be a full MLE guy, but I'm just going to throw it out there because he has been very injured in his uh, NBA career. So my number one guy is Otto Porter Jr. Um, so he's 28 years old. Last year with Chicago, he only averaged 10 points, five rebounds, two assists, pretty much was coming off the bench, then got traded to Orlando, only played a couple games. Um, but to me, Otto Porter, obviously, he used to be a former lottery pick. He's your true prototypical wing, super lanky, long, I think more versatile than he's given credit for. Um, he's had two seasons with the Wizards playing 77 games or more where he hit 1.8 and 1.93 s respectively. Or sorry, 1.8 and 1.93 s shooting 44% and 43% respectively. Um, his best year with Chicago when he first got traded, uh, in 15 games he averaged 17 points, 5 rebounds, 2.7 assists, hitting 2.6 from 3, shooting 48% from 3. So he does have it in him to be a very, very good volume shooter. But outside of that, he's just long and semi-athletic and lanky. To me, he's like, you know, pseudo Trevor Ariza with a little bit more versatility. Um, I don't think this guy has ever really played for anything in his career. He may have had a short playoff stint once with the Wizards, but outside of that, I don't really know what he can do on a true contending competitive team, and I'm interested in seeing what that does for him mentally. I know he has been banged up in recent years and hasn't gotten been able to really get the physical side of things together, but I wonder if that if there's some mental mental things also affecting him in terms of just not having stuff to play for, especially the last few years playing for these tank teams. And so I'm wondering if the Lakers can bring him in and obviously the Lakers haven't been a beacon of health this past year, but a lot of that can be attributed to the bubble. But if they can get him healthy and he wouldn't be playing as many minutes as he's usually been playing for the start of his career, I think he'd be a great, perfect sort of, you know, swing for the fences and see if you can mine his upside that he clearly has, but he just has been so injured the past couple years that so injured and not playing for anything that you haven't really been able to see the lotto pick Otto Porter Jr. that maybe he's flashed with the Wizards. So, But for me, in terms of getting a wing, oh my gosh, if you can unlock that by the time the playoffs hit next year, you could have like prime Trevor Ariza in your bag. So any thoughts on Otto Porter? I like that pick. I mean, I... It's. I agree with you. It's. He's one of these guys who it's like you have no clue what his market is going to be. I mean, he's a career. What he's been in the league for like eight years, nine years at this point. He's like a career forty percent three point shooter. When he's engaged, he obviously is a great defender. My issue with him is, and like you said, he's been injured. But 
certainly the last, not just this past season, he's been injured for, I don't know. The, the times I've seen him, let's see, I'm trying to pull up. Oh yeah. He's been injured for years, dude. So it's like, you know, it's, and, and, and look, that's fine. He's still young. Right. So if he, and I guess the issue I kind of have with him is I think I remember when we played uh, the Bulls this past season a couple times seeing him and thinking, like, he just looked super out of shape. Um, mm-hmm. All that said, I kind of put him in the same bucket as uh, what we did with Avery Bradley last year. Like, obviously, Avery Bradley had proven a little bit more, especially in meaningful games before he, you know, had to deal with his injuries. But Avery Bradley at times was super out of shape and looked terrible. And everybody said that like, you know, the four and a half million or whatever we gave him was like a gross overpay. And I actually think, I mean, he is Otto Porter is one of these guys who, I mean, you're saying maybe he could get the full MLE, but I do think it's a risky pick for the full MLE. So I kind of like it for the mini MLE because, okay. So worst case scenario, you lost that 5 million. It's not 10 million, like twice as yeah. much, right? Like it, that is the kind of player that you maybe risk something like that on because he, you know, I was talking about Harkless over earlier, and I think we're both thinking, you know, maybe this team could use a a wing defender, but Otto Porter, if he is healthy and can play, actually can shoot and can do some other things for you as well. And also, I think, look, this, like I mentioned, this guy hasn't played for anything in his career. He's 28 years old, and the dude just made $28 million last year doing nothing. If there was anybody, I mean, I know these players are used to making that amount of money, but you'd think at this point, maybe he just wants to win, right? And this was his ring chasing period of his life where he's like, yeah, I just, I've, in the last two years, I've made $56 million doing nothing. I can take one year, you know, $5 million and play for a contender, right? We'll, we'll see. There's a lot of ifs and buts, but if it so happens and he's willing, I would definitely take a chance at Otto Porter. And I don't think there's very much risk to that. All right, so those are our top three for the mini MLE. We'll take it to break, and when we return, we'll close this episode out, maybe talking about some full MLE pipe dreams, and um, if we have time, some veteran minimum guys as well. So we'll take it to break, and then we'll catch you after the turn. All right, so we're back. Um, Let's talk about some full MLE pipe dream sort of guys. Again, outside of uh, Campaign and Reggie Jackson. Let me just ask you, if, if Campaign and Reggie Jackson would take the $9 million would you give them the full Emily if the Lakers were able to make it that happen? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I don't think either <laughs> of them would. I mean, they're, they've looked so good, but not just so good, like really good in really meaningful games. Reggie Jackson in particular has played himself into tons of money. I mean, like, again, it's a, it's a deep point guard class this summer, but a lot of teams need point guards and a lot of teams need point guards. They could shoot on 50, 40, 90 splits. You know what I mean? So it's like on high volume in like, again, very high intensity, stressful games. And he's making it look easy. Every time he throws it up, I'm like, it's going in. Like if he gets a look (laughs) and he's remotely open, it's going in and, and he's hit making three pointers look like layups. I mean, and then and with campaign, you obviously you have the upside, right? So and the yeah. athleticism and speed and his playmaking has improved quite a bit, and 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 so yeah, I would give either of them the the full Emily. Yeah, we'll see where their markets shake out if they can get like fifteen, seventeen. Although those sound ridiculous to me, I actually think you can probably get them for around ten million dollars. But some teams at least going to give them thirteen. So um, with that said, there's one guy that I want to throw out there before we get to some pipe dream top threes of the full MLE. 
Um, and I think this guy could also opt for the mini MLE just because of his injury history. And this is a guy that I talked to you about in the in the past. But what are your thoughts on super wild out of left field Victor Oladipo mm. trying to repair his image for one year because he had season-ending surgery again on his quad recept tendon, which is the same injury he had with Indiana, I think, a year or two ago. Only played four games with Miami when he was traded. Only played 20 games with Houston when he was there. But when he did play, he averaged 21-5-5. Five and five. Granted, he only shot 40% from the field, but he did hit 2.5 threes on just 32%, but still pretty high volume of threes, and he just turned 29 years old. Um, Obviously, the risks are there. They don't need to be stated. Um, But yeah, Victor Oladipo is like, okay. um, And I think he has a risk for other teams too. I'm honestly not sure what team... I mean, I'm sure some team would throw the full MLE at him, maybe, but it's not a guarantee. You know what I mean? So if, if Victor Oladipo is like, hey, I just need a year to sort of repair my image, would you as the Lakers take that on? Yeah, so I would definitely take him. I would um, – and I wouldn't think twice about it. I, I do actually think it's like a pretty interesting point that you raise. I think that, uh, you know, he's um, – it's going to go one of two ways, right? He just needs one team to give him a long-term offer, but he's only 29. If he doesn't get the long-term offer, what, you know, why you can see us if if he's going to take a one-year deal anyway, I mean, that dude could start at point guard for us, right? I know he's Mm -hmm. historically more of a two, um, but he can play make a little bit. Um, He can obviously score. He's a decent enough shooter, especially if he's playing for a contract next to LeBron and AD, right? Um, he's at least adequate. Obviously can be an elite defender. Despite the injury risk, I think it's it's a worthy risk at that price for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's just close this episode out with some full MLE pipe dreams. Um, my list is kind of totally reaching in terms of you have to almost find the positive reason why this player would take the full Emily, but I'm just going to run with it anyways. Um, but let's say the Lakers do open up enough space to avail of the 9 to $10 million. Who would be at your number three spot? Um, my number three spot, this one's so tough, dude. I think I'm just going to, li- I'm not going to put these in any order. Well, one of them would have been TJ, right? Because I thought that you know, he's probably going to get that amount. So I can that, just give me one so that I can. Bounce yeah, back. yeah, for sure. One of my other ones, and I'm going to have a very <laughs> obvious theme here, but my other guy would probably, uh, would probably be Derek Rose. Um, okay. He is getting older, but he can play still. And he, not only can he play, he can play in the playoffs. Um, and so I think like, you know, he feels like he solves a lot of problems for us. He's been there. He's a competitor he can shoot now, uh, which is like amusing and, and helpful. Uh, he's still quick. He's a ball handler to take pressure off LeBron. He can still attack. And and again, I kind of view the MLE, even the full MLE, as like a one-year type of situation. Mm-hmm. And so for one year to pay somebody, you know, $9 million to be your starting point guard who can come in, play half the game. And I mean, he averaged 26 a game last year for the Knicks and he scored 15 and had four assists, hitting 40% from three on a make a game, right? So if he could do something like that for us, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. 
Yeah, I have no gripes with Derrick Rose at all. All right, for me, my number three, kind of, I don't think you're going to expect this at all, and I'm sure some team will throw some money at him, but, you know, it's debatable. Uh, I have Kelly Olenek, <laughs> 27, oh, 27 games with Houston. This dude, and obviously you caveat everything with Houston, but even with Miami, he averaged 10, 6, and 2 on limited minutes and is a career 37% three-point shooter, but kind of the similar reasons that you brought up for Bobby Portis, you know, give that to Kelly Olenek and then level it up, you know, three or four times. Uh, Because with Houston, he averaged 19 points, eight rebounds, four assists on 54% from the field, 39% from three, hitting 1.8 a game, had 0.6 blocks and 1.4 steals. And I think is just, you know, like probably the more mobile version of Mark Gasol at this point and has more upside and all that stuff. So yeah, Kelly Olenek at at, at number three for me. Uh, Any thoughts on Olenek really quick? I mean, I, I like him. He fills uh, a need in terms of his uh, floor spacing big. I just defensively, can you play him in the playoffs? That's what I would uh, be concerned about. Yeah. Uh, okay, who's another uh, a number two of yours? This is like a weird one, and I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea if this will work. And maybe based on last season's performance, you know, a lot of people would say no, right? And ultimately, though, I think he might actually get more than this. But one guy... I've sort of been keeping a side eye on is Josh Richardson. Um, mm. He's coming off like, again, not a great season. I, I don't think the fit with Luca was amazing. Um, and I think he has a player option, right? He's a, I think that's his contract situation. Right? I think, I think he does. Uh, I would be surprised. I don't know. I, I assume he's 27 years old. I kind of was guessing he might opt out. Um, but for a longer it, deal or something. For a longer deal, exactly. But you know he. Very good defender. He has playmaking upside. I, he hasn't really been able to show that as much in his last two stops. But his last year with the Heat, he averaged four assists a game as a two guard. Um, you know, right around league average shooting threes. Uh, uh, very good free throw shooter. Uh, good length and good defense. Main reason I'm looking at him, though, is like if we try to do some sort of major overhauls and we're thinking about getting rid of KCP. Yeah. I think he kind of slots in as a pretty good replacement in terms of not a strict like three and D guy like KCP, but a guy who can shoot a bit and also can, um, you know, provides a little bit of upside uh, in in terms of abilities to do other things. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say KCP is better than him in my opinion, but you're right. If we do something with KCP and package him with uh, Kyle Kuzma and all that stuff, uh, Josh Richardson would be a good uh, wing insurance policy pretty much especially because you're losing kuzma too you know in any sort of kcp package um for me my number two and i this is a reach for sure i think some team will give him money but who knows i mean he only made like two three million last year but uh he'll be an unrestricted free agent the team that currently has him they do have early bird rights on him but let's say he doesn't want to be on that team uh my number two pick for the full mle my pipe dream would be rashawn holmes um, pretty much everything we said for Nerlens Noel, you can parallel that with Holmes, but I think Holmes is uh, way more versatile offensively, has way better touch, can actually do something in the post, and yeah, gives you that athleticism and uh, rebounding and, and, and defensive capabilities as well. Any thoughts on Holmes? I think he's going to get way more. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a fantastic <laughs> season. He's just, he's all around like a super solid player, so I could see him getting quite a bit more. All right, who's your last uh, full MLE pipe dream sort of player? It was still for me, still McConnell. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, from the first from the first list, I think McConnell is 
exactly what we need in so many respects. I mean, he can, yeah. he can, uh, play, make, he can defend. You don't have to take him off the court and post in uh, playoff games. I, you know, he just unlocks a lot for us. Uh, when LeBron is either, I mean, either when LeBron is on or off the court, cause he has a high basketball IQ. So I really yeah. like him. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'd, I'd be fine taking him at 9 million. That's a, a more realistic, I think, full Emily target, but I went kind of wild and crazy with mine. So my number one and hear me out. I don't think it's that crazy. Once I explain it, my number one full Emily pipe dream would be Kyle Lowry. Now $10 million. That doesn't seem like a lot for Kyle Lowry, but again, He's on his tail end. He's won a championship already. He may just want to join LeBron and, and AD and, and keep, continue winning on his way out of the NBA. Um, and $10 million, that's, that's, you know, it's still a nice chunk of change. And so if he's willing to do the Gary Payton Carmelone special for the Lakers, he would definitely be my number one target. So people are all talking about signing trades with Kyle Lowry and all that stuff. But he's an unrestricted free agent. If he just wants to go to the Lakers and says, I'll take $10 million, I mean... You have to say yes, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that goes with that. I don't think I have to go into any more detail as to why Kyle Lowry is my number one. Um, I think for me, honorable mention would be Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, I know he had injury concerns. He had that ACL tear last year. His last healthy se- season, he did average 21 points and seven assists, hit two threes a game, but shot only 31% from three. And historically, he's a career 32% three-point shooter. So he doesn't necessarily help you shooting-wise, although he does like to shoot it. Um, but I guess he'd be the better version that we thought we were getting with Dennis Schroeder this year. Um, and obviously, he's Lakers everything. He's a very huge Lakers fanboy, 21-7 and seven again, his, his best season with the Nets. Um, any thoughts on Dinwads? I don't think, I think he's going to be looking for more money. Like, I don't even know that. Yeah. I think he's, I mean, he's always been in my eyes, like kind of the supreme marketer, a self promoter, you know what I mean? And I think he's not even just going to be looking for like a one year prove it deal. I think he's going to try to get some team to give him a long-term contract. I don't know if anyone would. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the problem is there's like a lot of teams, one thing we're maybe not necessarily factoring in, right, is for a lot of these prove-it guys, there are plenty of teams out there who, you know, we're talking about, oh, maybe Victor would take like a one-year $10 million, you know, $9 million deal. There are teams who can give him like a one-year $20 million deal, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and he, he'll have an opportunity. I put Spencer uh, Dinwiddie kind of in a similar boat as Oladipo coming off injuries and stuff. And, and so uh, I don't know that it's necessarily... You know, although he's injured, I think some team will pay up. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Uh, my last two honorable mentions for pipe dreams are Duncan Robinson and Goran Dragic. If Miami lets him off their team option, um, all right. To close this episode, do you have any like you know if we if we go around like vet minimum guys? Are there any like bargain binners that you kind of have your eye on? Um, yeah, I think we can talk about Carmelo Anthony. Obviously, I think he's an obvious choice if we have to let go of KCP and Kuzma in any sort of deal. But any other guys you have your sights set on? If we're talking about literally vet men to fill some spots, yeah, I mean it's always hard to know who the market is going to squeeze out. I do think Carmelo makes a lot of sense. Um, I think like, and it would be frankly, it would just be amusing to watch him and LeBron play together <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> so like that alone would kind of make it worth it. Um, I would not be opposed. I know this is not an exciting one, but I wouldn't be opposed to bringing Wes Matthews back on a minimum deal. Um, mm-hmm. He is inconsistent as a shooter. I think we've seen that the last few seasons from him. 
but he brings it every night. I mean, I put him in the bucket of guys and, you know, Van Gundy and, and a lot of analysts have been talking about this kind of stuff uh, throughout the playoffs, right? But you need these guys at the end of the bench who are going to be fine not playing six games and then will come in and play as hard as they can, right? And it's surprisingly hard to find those guys. Um, and I think Wes is one of those guys. So I would definitely want to bring him back on the minimum. What if uh, Danny Green wants to come back? Oh, yeah. Danny Green would want to come back on the minimum? 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. What about that mini MLE? Mini MLE, probably no. Because okay. <laughs> he's just like, I mean, look, he, he, he's still effective defensively. It's actually crazy. Like, um, you know, for how immobile he looks so much of the time, he's actually like a definitely in a well above average defensive player especially as a team defender. But uh, at Mini-MLE, I think we have bigger needs to address. Yeah. All right. Uh, for me, just really quickly, I'll just throw some random names out there and we can get into more detail with them in a, at a later podcast. But obviously, Dwight Howard, if he wants to return for the vet minimum, please, Dwight, come back. Um, there's guys like Daniel Tice and Robin Lopez, potentially, just to fill in another you know, big center spot that I wouldn't be opposed to at the minimum. Um, I don't know what P.J. Tucker's market is, obviously, next year. I'm sure he'll get the mini MLE at least. But I don't know. If he wants to just ring chase or whatever, would love P.J. Tucker. Uh, you've mentioned Nick Batum before as well, who's currently playing on the Clippers. But if he would like to make the locker room walk over to the Lakers for the vet minimum, sure. Um, there's Willie Cauley-Stein, Paul Millsap, Hernan Gomez, Gorgie Dang. So there are these bargain bin sort of centers that I feel like the Lakers can get, which is why you probably don't want to spend your mini MLE or full MLE on a big. Um, but again, as we've kind of recapped in this episode, if you can get a premier guy that kind of fits your mold and the template that you're looking for, like a Nerlens Noel or Rashawn Holmes or something, that's when you can be okay with spending that mini MLE or even full MLE. But um, outside of that, if you can get a wing and a shooter or a shooter, you obviously spend your money that way, and then you can fill out your roster with the Willie Colley Steins, Gorgie Dangs, Daniel Tices, Dwight Howards of the world. Um, and also look out for my boy Tony Bradley if Oklahoma City uh, rescinds their qualifying offer on him. I think he would be a very good cheap big that you could mine some upside with. He's only 23 years old, has a seven foot five. Seven foot five wingspan, averaged eight six and zero point eight blocks for OKC this year in only eighteen minutes, shooting sixty five percent from the field, seventy percent from the free throw line. I think he could be a good sort of big to sort of groom uh, with your team, and obviously could play center next to Anthony Davis as well. Um, with that said, that'll do it for our you know early look at uh, free agency, and uh, yeah, we'll see where the wind takes us as the summer goes along and we see what happens uh, during draft night, if any trades happen and all that stuff. But uh, we'll get into more detail as, uh, as the summer goes along. Um, but with that said, we will catch you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. And Tommy, I will uh, talk to you later. Peace. Laters. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.